1: Welcome on into the mom show today. Thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to have this conversation today. You know, there's been so much going on in our country when it comes to race relations, uh, that is opening up conversations. And that's what I want to do today is have a conversation. Uh, I I've sort of, when I posted this episode online, when I posted online, I'm going to title it how to talk to your kids about race and that is ultimately what I want to talk about today. I think these conversations are happening in our homes right now, appropriately so. And I I know as a privileged white mother, I struggle with these conversations on how to teach my kids about people who look different than them. And so I brought in a couple of guests today who I think are way more qualified to talk about Race and teaching race to our children uh, than I am, and I hope that your takeaway from this conversation is my humble and sincere effort to understand, to learn, and to use my platform to, um, to share these conversations so that we can all have better understanding. That is my goal for today. So joining me now, Emily Bell McCormick. She is a mom of what, five? Five, Emily? Oh, my gosh. That too many. That that overwhelms me, just hearing that number. (laughs) Uh, Emily's been on the show before. She does advocacy work with the Policy Project. And um, I, I do want to... Um, address this right off the top is that Emily is a white mother with two black adopted children you also have three other biological children and also joining me Cheryl Ellsworth Cheryl is mom of one and Cheryl is black and she has a black baby uh, who is what
2: 13 months
1: oh my gosh how are you surviving motherhood first and foremost Cheryl
2: I really like it but I will be really honest I my mother is with me and I have a very hands-on husband. I do not know how people do it by themselves. <laughs> right? My it mom takes me as a single mother with my brother, and and I knew it wasn't easy. But like now, I'm like, no, couldn't. It's just, no. it would be so hard. Yeah. So who- All moms doing it. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you're in good company because uh, we don't pretend here on the mom show like motherhood is easy. In fact, I make it a point to talk about how motherhood is not easy. So you're in good company there. Um, I'm jealous that you have your mother with you because I would give anything to have some help right now. Um, But I identify your races and your different situations simply to let our listeners know our shared and different experiences. You know, Emily, as a white mom with two black children, you certainly ha- have unique a unique situation in Utah. Cheryl, as a black woman in Utah, you're certainly having a unique experience with this and have had a different life experience. And I'm a white woman with two white children who will never have to go through that experience and it hurts my heart that people in our country still have that experience. So Cheryl, let me start with you. What is the first thing and the ultimate thing you want all parents to know about talking to your kids about race?
2: You know, there's a lot of things to think about, but I would just really encourage mothers to talk about race. Um, It is, it is, there's this thought that like avoiding race or topics around racism, racial injustice is like a better way to raise kids. But we are not blind. Like we can see that people look different. And so what does that mean? Yes, we are all humans, but what social constructs are connected with race? And so I really encourage parents to just talk about it so that it's not taboo.
1: Yes, I love that answer. I think one of the best things as a mother that I can do is be an example for my children in the way I want them to live And that means sort of opening up these conversations around race and and looking for these opportunities. Um, I had an experience this week where, you know, the H rock that's on the east side of Salt Lake City above Highland High School, it usually has a big H on it. Well, this week it was painted with the words, I can't breathe in reference to the killing of George Floyd. And my five-year-old daughter asked me, mom, where did the H go? And now the rock says, I can't breathe. And, and I was able to use that little window as an opportunity to talk to her about what happened with George Floyd and, you know, in very benign five-year-old <laughs> understanding language, uh, what has been going on in our country this week. So I say all that just to say, look for those opportunities to talk to your kids about race, Cheryl, to your point that. Yeah.
2: And I, if I just even could add a really quick story to that, um, You know, because kids are observant, um, if you're not going to talk about it, they are. And I remember this little girl. She was my neighbor. I just recently moved, but she was my neighbor. She's about three years old, super sweet. But I don't mean to say but about her being sweet, but this situation was difficult. She came up to me one day and just was like, why is your skin dirty? Oh, geez. And I... I was like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I, and she's my like little friend. Right. So I'm like, my skin isn't dirty. You know, I have more melanin in my skin and that just means I have more coloring in my skin than you do. My skin isn't dirty. Literally a week later, she comes to me, she turns my hand around. She looks at my lines and you know, my lines have darker lines than hers and she's like, why is your skin dirty and why is your hair dirty? And I just thought to myself, I I thought I was teaching her. I have to tell her parents. Mm. So as much as you're trying to have these simple conversations with your child, I've had to start realizing that I can't not tell people's parents or kids' parents like, Hey, your child has no concept of what's going on between our skin Um, And I I really think it might be a a space where you want to want to talk to talk to them about this.
1: Yeah. And Emily, what has been your experience with having two black children?
3: You know, I I was just thinking about what Cheryl was saying in this story and how I, I think what happens sometimes in white communities or in other communities that don't have a lot of exposure to different races that we think that talking about race is racist. And, and that is something we have got to wash away. I mean, without this conversation, without the ability to open up this conversation, things really just don't change. Because Cheryl's experience, um, I've had experiences, interesting experiences like that as well um, with my children. And, and I think until we're able to really hit this head on, you know, kids, like Cheryl was saying, kids, they're not colorblind. They know, Lindsay, that you have brown hair right now. I have blonde hair right now. Cheryl has black hair right now. I mean, those things can change because we can all change our hair. But but they can see that just as much as they can see. Okay, I'm like kind of a pinkish, peachish color. Cheryl's kind of more like like has a richer brown tones. You know, like they can see those things. But for whatever reason, we're okay if they say, "Oh, um, Jenny is a Jenny has brown hair." But if we talk about skin, it's like, "Oh my gosh, please, no, 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 just honey." right right Uh, hush hush Please don't talk about it and so i think what my the biggest thing that i would love to share and get out of this conversation with the world is just don't talking about race is not racist it's absolutely not racist and that's how things get better i think if we could compare this to maybe 40 years ago when people did not talk about our parents would not talk about sex right it was this like where do babies come from oh Golly gee, I have no idea. Where do they come from? You know, like we have no clue where babies come from. Like, meanwhile, everybody kind of knows where babies come from. I feel like that is a little bit how race is being treated right now. And I think some people actually have good intentions with it. I think they're literally trying not to be racist. And they literally think that talking about it is racist. And, And what's so exciting about this moment, I mean, it is so sad that this moment has grown out of such a horrific, situation you know that that lives have been lost and that that is why this is rude to the point that we're willing to talk about this openly but we've got to turn this into something full of hope and positivity and that is talking about race is not it we should all be engaging in the conversation of race and what it is and and why it's historically significant and how to move forward
1: yes i love that it's one of the reasons i wanted to have this conversation i want to pause there but cheryl when we come back i want to ask you how that situation when that little girl told you your skin was dirty i want to know what you want parents to do in that situation and when you talk to those parents what should they do if your kid inevitably says something inappropriate to someone of color we'll take a break more when we come back on the mom show
0: you've joined the mom show being a mom can be tough sometimes we try to make it easier Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio.
1: Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us, having a very lovely discussion today uh, with a couple of moms that I know about how to talk to your kids about race. what's been going on in our country over the last couple of weeks has opened up an opportunity to have these conversations and I think that is one of the best things that I, as a privileged white mother can do is have these conversations with my children and make sure that I'm raising the next generation to not perpetuate the things that have been um, perpetuated up until this point. Uh, so I've got joining me today Emily Bell McCormick, she is a mom of five children and two of her children uh, she adopted who are black. And so she's had a very unique situation um, with her black children here in Utah. And then Cheryl Ellsworth is a black mom who has one child and she obviously has a very unique perspective as well, being in Utah and um, being black. Cheryl, before we... um, ended the last segment. You told us a story about how a little girl came up to you and asked you why your skin was dirty. And you were able to very kindly explain to her in her 3-year-old way how uh it's not dirty and it just has more melanin in it, right? And just kind of explain to her. She came back to you and asked the question again, and you decided that you needed to talk to her parents about this. Can you walk us through that situation again and and tell us how how you would like parents to respond in a situation like that?
2: So here's the thing. Um, I think adults think the best way is to avoid talking about race and racism with young children. Um, But as young as two years old, um, children use race to reason about people's behaviors. They're seeing who are the heroes in books, who are the um, antagonists. They're seeing where certain people live. They're seeing what's the reaction when certain people walk in the room. And so if, 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 if parents are thinking like colorblindness is the way um, I'm just letting you know, now it's not, I don't have a perfect answer for you of what parents should do in every situation, but not talking about it is not going to work. So when I just have to let you know as a black person it was equally hard for me to speak up to this parent and say this is happening. Your child thinks my skin is dirty, right? Like I want to cry thinking about that. Yeah. And she's cool. She's so sweet, but she's she's equating darkness to dirt. That's a problem. So, um anyway, I was really happy that her father decided he's a landscape guy and he decided to actually take her to the garden and actually talk about how all the different flowers in the garden look different and because of the differences in their flower flower beds flower bed, that's what makes the beauty right of their their garden. He had a beautiful way to explain it so next time I saw her, all of a sudden she's just like, "You're so beautiful." Aww. So beautiful. Aren't we all so beautiful? <laughs> I was like, we are, we are, right? And it was beautiful. But the thing about it is, is like, I know he was probably embarrassed it's hard yeah he did something about it and i'm like yes that's what we need to do we gotta we have to start dialoguing because i think it's probably
1: happened to a lot of parents in the grocery store where kids say the darndest things right and they're they're in the grocery store and they see a black person or another person of color and they make a comment because again people look different right and kids notice that and and like you said, you don't have the answer for every situation, but what is the general feeling of, do I say something right then and there in the store? Do I, do I point it out right then and there? Do I make sure I acknowledge it? Cause that's what
2: I would want to do. I mean, I say yes, right. I feel like teaching in the moment is really necessary. Um, I like to think about my, my child as he grows up. Currently in our family, he sees a lot of able-bodied people, right? So he's not exposed to a lot of kids with disabilities, but I want him to befriend a lot of different types of children. And so I want him to know that there are lots of different kinds of people. And so if he, he might say something in the grocery store about a child who has a disability, I'm going to take that moment. I might even go up to that family and say, this is my son. Can he meet your son? Can we talk a little bit? You know, I might take that moment and and do that.
1: That's really great advice. Um, I don't know that a lot of people would like stop in the moment and do that, right? Because it, it can feel awkward or you don't want the person to think that you're highlighting their differences, right? Or pointing them out unnecessarily.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, I think that that's so true. There's that hesitation in that moment where we have a lot of fear. And that's one of the things that Cheryl and I have been talking a lot over the last few days about this fear of having the conversation in the first place. And sometimes it's because we don't know what terms to use. You know, sometimes we don't know. I, you know, in discussions with friends this week, people are even hesitating. I see people really trying, but not knowing, like, am I saying black? Am I saying African-American? I hear a lot of brown now like what you know what am I saying so there's fear and hesitancy in that that you don't want to offend people but I think when we go back to what Cheryl says like an honest curious like an honest question I should say an honest question I don't know is ever poorly received unless that person is just in a terrible mood I I think of times when you know when somebody has asked me an honest question about my children and it's it's not offensive to me. I think. Oh, I'm so glad you're tr- you're trying to understand something that you have not had exposure to. So, thank you for the taking the time to ask the question. So, my general feeling is that in this moment, we need to not be afraid. To ask those things. And we also need to be really, really forgiving of each other. You know, knowing that because we're seeing like a lot of posts on social media, um, on both sides of this story, you know, and and letting people be able to voice their feelings about race, um, and and not taking offense when you don't see something and and then also like you talked about earlier, Lindsay, like checking your privilege and making sure that you know when when something is said it that just to not be offended and to forgive each other in these moments when we're having these difficult conversations
1: yeah i think that's a really good point emily bell mccormick uh joining me today of course cheryl ellsworth is with us as well two moms who have much more experience than i do uh with race and talking to your kids about race we'll take a break more with these two when we come back on the mom show
0: it's the toughest most important job in the world Four kids if you want to know what it's like to have a fourth just imagine you're drowning and then someone hands you a baby this is the mom show it's where moms come to learn and share our host is Lindsay ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM.
1: Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I'm, of course, Lindsay Ertz, having a conversation today with a couple of mothers about how to talk to your kids about race. It's something that uh, has been on the minds of a lot of people in the past couple of weeks because of the events that have been happening in our country. And frankly, I hope these conversations are happening in homes across America because. I think this is one of the ways we address any racism or systemic racism or white privilege is by acknowledging that they exist and talking about them within our own spheres of how we can change that. So I just frankly wanted to use my small little platform here to be able to have this conversation. And as a white mother with privilege with two white children, I will never know the struggle of racism personally I will not experience racism in my lifetime and that hurts my heart for the people who are um, because I will never have to explain to my son that he can't wear a dark sweatshirt and go out in at night like I will never have to explain to my children why their skin color looks different than their skin the skin color of a lot of Utahns right I just As a mother, I will never have to have those conversations, and that is privilege. In fact, I think I saw a meme that uh, talked about if you have to learn about racism and not experience it, that's privilege right? And so I fully recognize that that is the position that I sit in. So all of that, just to say, let's have this conversation a little bit more in our homes, how we can talk to our kids about race. So joining me now, Emily Bell McCormick, she is a mom with two black children, um, who's certainly probably have to have if, ha- if she hasn't already, is having those conversations, going to have to have. And then Cheryl Ellsworth is a black mom with a black baby. Um, and Cheryl, I think the message you and Emily have been sharing lately that I've seen going around is this, um, this message of fear that people are kind of afraid to talk about race. And we touched on a little bit of that in the previous segments, but I think one of the reasons people are scared, and especially white people are scared to talk about it, is because they don't even know the correct terminology. They don't even know what words to use. Can you enlighten us a little bit about what, what terms people should be using?
2: Yes, I, I um, would happy, be happy to do that. But one thing I did want to say is, you know, you were, you were talking about all the things that people of color have to experience in, in talking to their children or, or white parents who are, are raising children of color. But the, as much of the things that we have to talk about to protect our children in their, as they grow up. I'm hoping that you're having conversations with your kids of ways to not harm their bodies as well. Right? Like we, I can't just be the only one saying you can't do this. You can't do this. You have to speak a certain way. What's the other side doing? I, I would like to, us to push that thinking as well. Yes. Um, but when it comes to terminology, you know, Emily and I talk about this a lot. People are just so afraid to talk about race I, I'm learning that people are needing permission to use the word black. And I'm letting you know that is a perfect term because here's the reality. There are a lot of black folks who are not from the United States. If we're talking about a more United States of America perspective, um, they might feel very connected to their African roots their Caribbean roots their Dominican roots or wherever so black encompasses the whole diaspora of black folks Um, whereas saying like you're African-American that really generally means that that person um is from here connected to African roots but for example my parents are from Haiti my my cousins describe themselves as being Haitian-American right But being black is a term that we can use for everybody.
1: So referring to you as African American isn't technically correct.
2: I mean, I'm fine. (laughs) I see, I'm fine with it because I I was born here, right? And so I, I, I know my connections to Africa. Um, I'm from here. But when people are just really trying to look for the words, and they're just trying to find a or phrasing that is easiest or or. Is like
1: like appropriate, for people App- or black. appropriate okay okay good to know emily do you have any other thoughts on um on terminology and why people
3: might be scared oh yeah i you know i think the the why people might be scared i mean terminology yes i agree with cheryl i, I just think we need to start saying the words you know like let's don't be so afraid let's start talking about it um i actually read an interesting statistic and it was that of white adults live in communities that are almost exclusively white. And so I think when we think about that in like the, you know, landscape of America, if you've got three quarters of the white population living mostly among people who look just like them, That makes sense. And that might be the same for other, you know, you know, other races and other communities. They may do the same. But um, I I actually think that that's where the fear comes from. Um, I have talked to Cheryl about this before, too. I think a lot of people in Utah, we have we are not well known for a very diverse population. You know, we have kind of a homogenous group of people here. And um, because of that, I think that, that this conversation of race has been protected and people really do want to be open and loving about race. I I, I really do. I believe that people are well-intended here generally, right? You've always got extremes and people who are hateful and and that's true too. But generally I think that that is something. I think that they just, um, they don't know how to talk about race. They feel nervous about it. They don't think it's their place because if none of their neighbors look like it and we teach everybody that we're all God's children or we're all just human or whatever terminology we're putting on it, that that's going to be enough. Um, and as I've been thinking about this, it's something that we have to be extremely intentional with. Having exposure exposure when you live among 75%, or if you're one of that 75%, you, your, your exposure has to be intentional. If you are worried, like, how do I even bring this up? Do something intentional. Find a book that has a black hero in it, you know, find a movie, you know, watch um, you know, Princess and the Frog. Do something that, you know, like intentionally go to a different neighborhood because there actually are people of minority races in the state of Utah. They there are. They might not live in your neighborhood, but they are here. So you have to you just have to be intentional about it. You know, take your kid to the library, find a book, find a movie. Find, drive through a neighborhood, talk about it, find a reason to talk about it. And there's never been a better reason to talk about it than right now, because although kids aren't in school, they are still being exposed to this. And unfortunately, most of our kids are being exposed over social media. And, and a lot of it is positive and supporting Black Lives Matter and, you know, you know, reaching out in those ways. But they're still seeing some of the things that they may not be able to interpret well, like, gosh, why did a car get flipped and set on fire? OK, that's a great entry conversation too. You know why that car got flipped and set on fire it actually started as a peaceful protest one of our you know constitutional rights in america this is how sometimes we get things done here we protest right we're able to voice our opinion it's not scary it's just a thing we do um and the reason that that protest started was because a person who had more melanin than you was was murdered and and the person, the murderer was not held accountable for it. You know, like that's, that's an okay way to start it. In fact, that's a fabulous way to start a conversation. And yeah, it's a little shocking. And I know Lindsay, at the beginning, you talked about the, your um, child seeing the H rock and, and how that's changed everything in our day-to-day is changing because of this and that's why we need to take advantage of this and you can't talk racism and hard topics with your kids you know it's just about being concrete and 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 kind of focusing on that unfairness because it resonates with unfairness resonates with every human because every one of us has been treated unfairly at some point in time no matter how much privilege you have you felt like something was unfair at some point so pointing out that unfairness i think is really resonating with every single human like Oh, imagine, you know, you felt like it was unfair when I gave your sister a bike for Christmas and you got a skateboard and you thought the bike was bigger. You know, imagine that times 50 million. That's what we're talking about here. Kids can get they can wrap their minds around this. They they can get around it. We just need to be intentional with, with that exposure.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a really important point that we may have to seek it out a little bit more because yes. we live in Utah. In fact, I have lived in the two whitest states in the nation. I'm from Maine originally, and I moved to Utah. And so, frankly, I just don't have a lot of exposure to Black people. In fact, when I fly to Atlanta, where my parents live now, I exactly know when I land in Atlanta, because it does not look like Utah. It's
2: different. Yeah. And then when you're, when you're in the airport and you're flying back to Salt Lake, you know that you're flying back to Salt Lake. Yeah. Of what that group yes. is, you know, I'm just going to uh, jumping or just piggybacking off Emily's point that many people don't want to bring up these topics, um, and I, I I see that people think race is controversial or that it's a political issue. This is a human rights equality issue,
3: period. Yep, amen. I. I should let you just stop there, but I have to say that you are exactly right. Right now, the climate is such that things are so polarized in the political world that we're seeing people trying to jump on this. This isn't, this is just a human issue. This is about humanity. This is about caring about other people. This is the thing that actually like Utahns are quite good at caring about other people. And this is the time for Utahns to step up and be a part of this conversation.
1: Yeah. I love the message from both of you talking with Emily Bell McCormick uh, and Cheryl Ellsworth, both moms with experience uh with black children cheryl is black emily has two black children and so i wanted them on to add their perspective because i don't have that perspective of of what that's like so uh we'll take a break with these two wonderful women and more with them when we come back on the mom show
0: back inside the mom show dads are welcome but moms come here to be heard we're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio.
1: Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I wanted to have a conversation today about talking to your kids about race. We have obviously seen uh, this topic be on the forefront of people's minds in the last couple of weeks, and even here in Salt Lake City, uh, where we have had protests uh, for a week now. Uh, So joining me, a couple of moms who have a lot more experience in this than I do. Emily Bell McCormick uh, is a mom with two black children, former guest of the show. And Cheryl Ellsworth is a black mom with a black baby. And uh, they're both helping us uh, understand uh, how to talk to our kids about race. Um, Cheryl, let me start with you. One of the things I think that really uh, exists for a lot of people right now is this implicit bias, right? So while, yes, we're dealing with some possible overt racism that we have seen in our country in the past little while. I think a lot of the racism that exists now is this implicit bias where you don't realize you're, for lack of a better term, being racist because you're like, no, I'm not a racist. I I love black people, (laughs) right? And you're, you're like, no, I'm not a racist. I know this in my heart. I'm not a racist. But Maybe you cross the street when you see a black person because they like they're foreign to you. They feel foreign to you or, you know, you just sort of have these implicit biases that you don't even realize you have until they come out. Right. Explain to me a little bit more from your perspective about what implicit bias
2: is. So I think when people think of racism, they think of that really overt, like Ku Klux Klan kind of racism. But really, like you're saying, what we're seeing is this like these thought processes that happen without you even knowing it. And they're based on things like media, news, um, conversations that you had in your home growing up. I, I've heard it as like a fog that you're breathing in. Like you've heard all these things, you've been exposed to it. You don't even know that you think about it. Why did you, why did you actually cross the street? Because for you an association is that black men are associated with violent crimes. For you, white means American, family means female, poor means lazy, disabled means weak. We have these associations. These are implicit biases or biases. Um, and these mental shortcuts are often connection connected to race. And these judgments that we have, we might not actually agree with them, but they're there. And I have... I start to recognize the only way that we're gonna overcome these implicit biases is to lean in, to check them, to recognize them. Why do I feel more comfortable in spaces where dot, dot, dot is present? Mm. Why do I feel uncomfortable when I'm the only person in a certain kind of group? We have to start checking those, unlearning things that we have learned um, and really thinking to ourselves, okay, I believe that this is malleable, that we can change, but we have to start recognizing them as well.
1: Yes, and I think that's one of the most important things is that you call up these thoughts, right? You have gotten these subconscious messages for your entire existence. Like, for example, when you only see black people in a movie as the criminal, or when you only see, uh, um, I can't think of another example off the top of my head, but, but those are where the, the biases are being reinforced and, and that happens subconsciously and we need to check those. Emily, your thoughts on this.
3: Yeah. Well, I just, as you were talking about those, those, those biases, um, and, and you may or may not think you have them. I'm guessing this is resonating with most people because most people relate to one of those, you know, poor is lazy or something, one of those. Um, I just had a funny experience with my children. They, My little boy and little girl are one month apart, so we adopted them really close together. And um, it was just awesome. They were so loved and well-received, still are, just adored by my neighborhood. People are so good to us. Um, but I do remember my some of my children's multiple times, my other children who are older, their friends coming over to play. And uh, I remember um, multiple, multiple times where the kids would say, oh my gosh, Moses. Yeah, he's for sure. He's going to either play football or he might be a rapper. And I remember thinking, huh, that is so interesting. No one came over to my husband Tucker was born and said, I think he's going to be a pianist and a chemist. You know, like nobody was assigning... Certain things to him. And I even noticed adults coming over being saying, You guys got your athlete, which kind of made me laugh because randomly my older two boys are quite athletic. And I was like, Well, I think we're like, I have no plans for him to be an athlete. I mean, I guess it'd be like sports, you know, he could be. And and even the adults, this is where I'm saying, you know, it's said with the, some of those biases are, are, are quite innocent. You know, like I, I really feel like these adults coming and saying it to me, they, they meant it as a compliment, like, oh, it's so cool. And we all love cool athletes, you know? Um, the irony is I had always told my sister, like, oh, I cannot wait. Like, like Moses, i mean, he's going to be like a little, I feel like he's going to be a little scientist, you know? And then you have people coming over and saying, like, kids, you kind of do that with all your kids. Like, oh, his little personality. I think he's going to, like, do this. You know, I do it with all of my kids, kind of have these ideas about who they're going to be when you see, see their personality. But it was interesting that with him, it was so assigned. Also on on the converse, my daughter, Gigi, who is his same age, um, no one assigned anything to her. And that's another conversation for another day. But I thought that was super interesting because frankly, I don't think there are a lot of black models out there. I mean, thank heavens for Doc McStuffens, right? Like this gave us like somewhere to point our children to. But but um but it is there. And even Yeah, if- but the thing that's really happening with Moses is the tokenization, right? Like,
2: yes. oh he's the token child who's going to be your athlete which is like
3: it's a huge problem when we're tokenizing our, our children like this yeah well and there's no doubt and as i said before the interesting thing with that was randomly my other two boys are our athletes mm-hmm. it was so funny that they were like he's gonna be the way i'm like oh Tucker's the quarterback of the football team so I you know just it doesn't matter i'm just saying that for this the context of this conversation but it was just a funny thing to me to hear like this is yeah yeah balance. but like you said it is it's you, a tokenization of of this child.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, those are real life examples of how this racism shows up and you don't need to shame yourself or, you know, tell yourself you're a terrible person because you've thought these things just recognize it and just acknowledge that you have some of these biases And then you can fix them. Um, Ladies, we're running out of time, but I want to give you each a final thought as we wrap up this conversation on how to teach your kids about race. We've talked about everything from not being fearful of it to, um, you know, recognizing your privilege and opportunities for those conversations about race to come up and how to do that, uh, when to do that. Uh, Final thoughts on, on how to talk to your kids about race. Cheryl, I'll start with you.
2: Yeah, I just... I I think it's a call to action at this point to not just to it's not okay at this point to just not be racist we have to be anti-racist and what I mean by that is at this point I'm thinking of unlearning right some of the things that we've been exposed to voting for political leaders that are not racist um, advocating for policy change and um, donating to causes that lead to (laughs) structural and systemic changes.
1: Yeah. We didn't even talk about systemic changes uh, and systemic racism too, which I think is a huge issue, but Emily, your final thoughts as we wrap up.
3: Yeah. I think piggybacking on that. Um, you know, I, I know this is the mom show and thinking about moms at home, you know, it, it, you've got, I will just say the same thing. You've got to be anti-racist and you can do it in your home too. And it's the things that we talked about before you, the colorblind doesn't work anymore, right? It's, it's it's really. I heard someone use the term color silence, and that and that just doesn't work. It doesn't work to be silent about color anymore. We have got to talk about it. And actually, the mom show is the perfect place to start because it needs to start in the home. You control that conversation as a parent, and start bringing it up. Don't be afraid. Be proactive. When kids bring up race, don't shut them down. Just explain the differences don't, don't be afraid of explaining the differences. Just say it. It's
1: okay. Yeah. And the more conversations you have, the more normal it becomes too. So that's the goal ladies. Thank you so much. Cheryl Ellsworth and Emily Bell McCormick, both joining me today on the mom show. I'd invite you to go podcast this entire episode, wherever you podcast, just search for the KSL mom show. We'll be back next week on the mom show.